Hello everyone, uh, long time no see. Welcome back to uh, another edition of the Grap Up. Myself and Mark really genuinely had no clue what even number of Grap Up this is. That's how long it's been. Uh, but our once in a while pro wrestling podcast from your friends over at linktothecast.wordpress.com. Uh, I'm your host as always, your guide uh, through the kind of the the absolute trash heap that is the world of professional wrestling, Dave Ryan. And I'm joined on the line by two two comrades of mine who are probably just as eager as I am to talk about some of these things. Um, and that is Mark Robinson. How Hello. are you? Hi. And, and we're also joined by Barry Murphy. Hello. Have we done one of these in 2018? I think we did, didn't we? I think we did we a did WrestleMania a... preview show. Yeah. <laughs> With so what do you think intent... of WrestleMania, boys? <laughs> Yeah, oh, like... it was certainly eight months ago, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> yeah, the long-awaited WrestleMania review show. <laughs> I, I genuinely, like, it, it, sitting here now, would it, if, if you told me I couldn't Google anything, I would have a hard time remembering almost any of WrestleMania. See, I I vaguely, like, the, the Ronda match, like the tag yeah. match, had, was better than any right it had to be. Yeah. Um, and the triple threat was fine, and then after that, um, oh, and Charlotte Asuka was questionable, and then everything else after with Asuka was questionable. I remember, I remember you didn't make it through the whole show conscious. Oh God, no, not a chance. Because you came over to stay in my house, but I had to go and house it. And I remember having to sneak out of the house while you were asleep, and I watched the end of the main event on my phone at a bus stop at half four in the morning. Uh, that's a level of commitment for a match that's not <laughs> worth it, honestly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're telling me. Yeah. But um, I, I suppose WWE is probably the, the best place to start the the... The, the biggest show in town um n- not going so far back as wrestlemania but kind of just uh, in a general sense uh how are we feeling uh, about the, the the kind of wwe television at the moment because for a lot of this year particularly in the post wrestlemania season with a couple of exceptions that we'll probably talk about here i i don't think in my adult life i've been colder or or paying less attention to what's going on on those shows um how are you feeling about it mark you're somebody who even when things are better than this you're not really uh kind of keyed in every week i mean i for the last couple of years most of my viewing of if we're going purely by like main roster raw and smackdown um most of my viewing over the last couple of years has been um dependent on the the youtube clips they put up just to kind of get a quick like synopsis of what's going on uh followed by reading the uh review results um on 411 mania uh i'm at the point now where i'm not even bothering with the youtube clips unless there's something really of note which to be honest in yeah. 2018 is the, the the list is few and far between mm. um I'm I'm looking at like because for four one one mania uh, Larry Sonko who does the reviews, um, he'll have a kind of an overall score out of ten, and like Raw pretty much consistently this year has been like below five. So I've <laughs> not even gone as far as to kind of just read the results. I'm like, yeah, you know what, I can sack this show off. Um, so in terms of main like roster television, uh, I have barely watched a minute of it. Um, in terms of like everything else WWE have produced, I'm pretty much like up to date as you can get, and I've watched the pay per views as well, and they've mostly what about, been terrible. 
<laughs> yeah what about you barry I, I know i'm somebody like i'm not watching raw and smackdown at all apart from one fantastic woman carrying the flag for ireland at the moment which we'll get into in a minute but like apart from that not a minute of raw or smackdown usually i've watched some pay-per-views but not even all of them and i haven't cared to to go back unless someone tells me that something is really worth watching yeah i, I i'm kind of closer to mark i, I i've uh sort of tried to keep up with the YouTube stuff because it's more digestible than watching a full-length show. But then you just have those weeks where everything is just so either dry or or, or, or abrasive to the point that you, you just don't want to bother following it. Take this um, Monday, for example. I, I, which I didn't watch. I mean, I just heard... I took everyone at face value when they said it was terrible. I read the results same, and it was same. like... Um, I mean, it seemed like there was, a, I think it looked like there was two matches on the show where the rules were being changed as they went along. And I was like, all right, okay, I'm all right. I'm okay for that. But um, yeah, pretty, pretty actively tuned out, following along via results and the occasional clip. And then I, I've actually, I have watched a decent chunk of the kind of more notable matches, either notable positively or negatively um, uh, in the last couple of months. Um, you know, and it's the usual thing of, of there's uh, a lot of good matches happening in WWE hampered by the fact that they don't have, uh, you know, they don't have crowd support because they don't have good angles and, and, and things like that. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm keeping up to date with it as best I can. But my, my drive to actually follow and watch all the shows is extremely low. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm not watching NXT either. I, I'm a huge fan of, of the top uh, the top end of the cruiserweight show, but I don't even watch that every week. Yeah, um, I am shocked at how, even within our little uh, UK and Ireland bubble, the the sheer lack of interest in that UK show that they're doing mm. uh, is crazy. Uh, they're they're doing uh, as we're recording this. I think by the time people listen to it, it'll be on demand. The uh, the Jordan Pete match from NXT UK is on tonight. I'll probably watch that, and that will. Probably, I think that is actually going to be the first bit of the weekly show I've ever watched. Yeah. I've, only ever, I've only ever watched the tournaments, not the uh, none of the weekly yeah. stuff. I, I will say, I will say, the weekly show is like it's fine in that kind yeah. of that two o five live sort of quick digestible one hour mm. sort of template. Why the fuck they're doing it? Releasing two episodes a week is beyond me. I, I think I, I I wonder if part of it is down to like one one of the myriad reasons I'm down on NXT UK in particular is because I know they have so many of those episodes in the can that they recorded months ago. Yeah, there's no there's nothing because I know what happens. You know, there's a certain element to which because they're taping so far in advance, I have no interest until they get caught up. You know, there's stuff that in my head happened months ago that still has yet to happen on that show. Now, normally that wouldn't, but like with some things that doesn't bother me with the May Young Classic during the summer, that didn't bother me too much. Um, but for well, some reason, singular uh, tournament, so. yeah, yeah, when it's a weekly show and it's not just I can handle NXT being taped three to four weeks in advance. Um, because, again, I don't really unless someone shows up and debuts, I, I kind of keep myself away from spoilers so that week-to-week tv show is fine I, I still watch it most of the time but yeah uh and, and i suppose the the other element is these are guys that that we've been spoiled enough to see all the time around the uk and ireland and we've seen them we've seen them deliver and over deliver and to see them just kind of in 10 minute tv matches with no real stakes yet because they're still kind of 
uh, even these few weeks in, they're still kind of slowly trying to build characters and introduce you to this person and that, that I think maybe hopefully when they get caught up and don't have such a backlog log of tapings and when maybe three months down the line they're they're done introducing people and setting up the stakes and stuff i'll be i'll be far more interested yeah most uh, of my intrigue has been around like what elements of storylines they're taking from other promotions and what they're doing kind of within themselves like they've yeah. just put the grizzled young vets together which i think is a, is a good shout um but then they've got like um the coffee brothers and wolfgang as their own little thing yeah. going on um and you know i it's and i like what they're doing with eddie dennis they're kind of really going like giving him a lot to work mm-hmm. with uh which is i'm i'm happy to see so it's it's fine it's like it's just yeah. it's another hour of content and it's better than raw and smackdown so i'll take it yeah would that be kind of would that would that ring familiar to you or is that the kind of like or, or is there kind of something you're just you just really couldn't care less I don't know. I, I don't think I could pinpoint it. It, it feels like it's a lot of uh, death by a thousand cuts. Um, yeah. Uh, really. Uh, I mean, I, I couldn't point to anything in recent months that's like really angered me as a as a program. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, it, it's just it's there. Just, it's just it's just there. It's one. I mean, it's little things like um uh the the constant rematches is just crazy yeah. to me uh, you know the the Joe I mean you can pick apart why Joe and AJ didn't quite have the bang and feud that they they had ten years ago you know could be because it's ten years later it could be because the crowd doesn't buy Joe for uh, numerous reasons could be any of those things but I think the main reason I I wouldn't stick watching it week to week is because they they had like five matches on on across pay per view and television and and there's only so many different versions of Joe beating up AJ you can do and and yeah. and, and then again there was the problem like the individual angles the home invasion and all that stuff was bad but it was like even if it was good I mean it's, it's just same thing over and over again I feel like AJ's yeah. had two feuds all year um uh, you know, I mean, that's, so that's that's a big uh, a big hindrance as yeah. well. Yeah, he's on to his third feud now and a lot of them seem to revolve around him being punted in the dick a lot. Yeah, so there are some positives. You know, yeah. that's, that's <laughs> I guess so. there, but you know, um, I have to say, like thinking about like AJ Styles, just to kind of go onto that for a moment. You know, he's been WWE champ all of the year up until um, the week before last, and yeah. it's you know he's been one of the, the best wrestlers of the 21st century. But yeah. with him in the position that he's been for this year, I can't think of a more kind of underwhelming pusher for the like the the level that he's at. And I get that, you know, he's 42 now or so, and um, he's been doing this for a long time, but, you know, I can't think of one match he's had this year, and considering the, the, the opponents he's had to work with, I can't think of one match this year that I, I think of, like, as being a standout match. He's definitely, like, he's one of these guys, like, he has definitely had good matches. Like, I've, I've seen them, and, you know, when you kind of... It's one of those things, because WWE is so... Like, the main roster is so like nothing seems to actually matter a lot of it washes over you and it's only when like you go to the trouble of like looking up aj styles matches on cage match you're like oh yeah that was that was pretty good like nothing is absolutely match of the year candidate but like it's 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 really like that is rife across the board speaking of wrestlers who really should be making a a bigger impact like daniel bryan came back this year (laughs) You know, like, dude was supposed to be like, he was never going to wrestle again. Came back at WrestleMania. It was fucking huge. And then within a few weeks, he was just a guy. Now, it looks like they've put the the belt back on him. It looks like they're doing a little something. He finally got the Brock match. The Brock match was absolutely fabulous. 
Um, but even someone that could like it was an open goal the the, the return of Brian to, to make a, a just a superstar out of the guy and they just can't seem to like just do anything right that was a, another thing that contributed to the just the sense of just dryness about the show and and nothing shines but pre Becky nothing nothing shined because yeah. you you would have thought Brian coming back was the layup of all layups the yeah. the, the 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 I mean you kind of watch it like well even if they do fuck it up I mean how bad can you fuck it up and they they I mean they found a way I mean the, everyone who who played the um uh, um watch it play out card with the big cast feud i mean well it played out and he's playing somewhere else now you know yeah. so i mean like that, there, there was there was really no redeeming factor to it all um and my my gut reaction um when he turned heel was that that is the perfect cherry on top they they completely you know fucked it to the point that now they kind of have to go in the heel direction but in in a pleasant surprise i feel like it, it's actually pretty damn entertaining from what i've seen so far so yeah. um I'm certainly along for the ride, but geez, talk, talk mm. about just six wasted months. On top of it, like I, I feel like the narrative for his career before he even got hurt was was pretty much a bunch of wasted time, a bunch of dicking around, mm. doing stupid stuff, burying Dude, dudes, him, his, comedy. His, his first fucking like thing after his big triumphant WrestleMania 30 was a feud with Kane. <laughs> you of course, know, yeah, that's, it was, that's a great example again, you know. And, like, by all accounts, he was going to be fed to Brock in that match that ended up being John Cena being murdered by Brock at SummerSlam. Um, so, yeah, it's just, it, it's hard to get. And then, as well, like, there's people getting called up who are just, again, people I was a huge fan of down in NXT. And there's nothing surprising anymore for someone to come up from NXT and then just immediately get completely lost in the shuffle. But a couple this year were absolute heartbreakers. Let's talk one... about... Let's talk about Andrade Cienamas having oh, the match of the year. Oh, man. Genuinely, probably still my WWE match of the year, him and Johnny Gargano. Um, God, fuck, it was so good. And then he got called up, and I was so happy. And he's just a dude. Like He's had a couple of good matches. His match with Mysterio on SmackDown was great fun. And he's still just fantastic. He's got all the ability in the world. That that character was awesome then in NXT, but fuck me, have they just They've just slid into the, the gatekeeper role, which is amazing for someone who's not been up, you know, more than six to nine months at this point to already be slid in that role. And it's just it's insane. And I think um I think Joe Lanza was talking about this a couple of weeks ago. Um because everyone keeps saying that, uh, you know, the WWE roster is like, you know, the best it's ever been or, or as, as good as it's ever been. And to a certain degree, yeah, it has a whole bunch of incredible talent. But it also has like some absolute trash on the main roster, like your fucking B teams, for example. Of course. Um, yeah. And yeah. it's just they just have not they, they have like a couple of top guys and then they just have this absolute sea of like just talent that they have no idea what to do with like a Chad Gable for example um, or Andrade Cianel it makes me sad and it is at this point now where you just genuinely genuinely like I, I don't want anyone that's in NXT to come up to the main roster because yeah. NXT has that kind of perfect level of pacing and, and you know there are some guys that don't get a chance like in you know an EC3 has been quiet this year but um, 
it means that the ones that are on top that are important feel important and it you know it just it works better in terms of like the the depth of the roster and kind of who's should be at the top and who should be at the bottom and i just yeah i just you know because everyone keeps talking about oh when velveteen dream comes up it's like i don't want to see him oh no oh, they'll, they'll fuck him up they'll absolutely fuck him up this is like we we were talking about this the, the other week mark where it's like the, the time in between someone like velveteen dream being called up and him being ruined like might actually break the sound barrier <laughs> be that fast fucking hell like yeah. there's so many people there's there's I can't because, even think of someone on NXT where I'd even be reasonably confident. Well, I mean, that... so we got Lars Sullivan. Yeah. We have unless Lars... they're already a joke gimmick that can just continue to be a joke. That's about it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I think No Way Jose was up for like what two weeks and then never. Oh, he's still, he's again. still like the 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 house show opener. Yeah. Um, which is like a per- for that gimmick. That's that's perfect. <laughs> but the poor guy as well at the same time. Um. But, you know, even people who they're really high on down in NXT, I would have no, like, Alistair Black or Undisputed Era or, fuck, who else? Like, Gargano or Ciampa. I don't know what to do with with Kyle O'Reilly, not a chance. No, 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 not not even. Um, It would be just bleak as hell so yeah the... and his gimmick only works if he has a belt the entire time he's in that company because if he comes yeah. out and he doesn't have a belt to play air guitar too what what yeah. are we doing here you know I, and i'm already worried about like he's only just shown up and i'm already worried about matt riddle getting called up quickly <laughs> yeah you know? like that's that's how i've been conditioned now well i, but... I also don't need uh a rvd circa 2002 again which is currently what we have with this yeah. incarnation of matt riddle and um yeah yeah cool whatever man <laughs> yeah pretty much pretty much um it, it, now, to be <laughs> fair that is kind of matt riddle the man <laughs> it is but they've you know? really taken that one singular kind of element of his gimmick and and pushed it to like 12 yeah. um so yeah there's there's a number of things but the thing i like to i would like to think with a place like NXT and certainly with like a uh, Velveteen Dream is that, and definitely with a Velveteen Dream, is the amount of kind of input they can have on their own character. Because I would have to imagine that like Velveteen Dream, um, a significant portion of that is him just saying, fuck it, I can make this work and I'm going to do this. Um, The issue that you have is then they'll go to the main roster and then uh, I imagine maybe they have like a degree of uh, input on, on what their character is. But yeah, like a, a a Velveteen Dream in the hands of, of Vince is just it's uh it's not worth thinking about. Uh, maybe they'll yeah. do well with Lars. They they do well with that big monster for a certain degree yeah. of time, like a Braun Strowman. Yeah, and until then they don't know what to do afterwards. So, um, let's kind of move from the like we we're all kind of dour on stuff at the moment, but let's move to the the single bright shining light on the main roster oh, by the way shall we just completely skip over the whole saudi arabia thing just oh yeah, um, yeah. oh yeah yeah i mean the, my, my thing at the time was that it was just it was always going to go ahead and, and it was always gonna be what it was gonna be and and it, that's exactly what it was so i you know i almost admire the um the level of wwe going let's just make this show as mundane as possible like as completely unremarkable as possible so just by the next day it's completely forgotten about and they i think apart from triple h tearing his 
whatever he tore. Um, yeah. They actually accomplished Tank, that. Wasn't? Yeah, and that includes a match with fucking Shawn Michaels. So yeah, oh, yeah. good my, job. Yes, that's the one thing is like my favorite wrestler of all time since I was six years old <laughs> came out of retirement and I still haven't watched it. <laughs> that's how like not only that's how bad the, the build was not only that's how skeevy and dodgy the pay-per-view was but even like watching the gifts afterwards oh good lord the sadness yeah you're not missing much dave you're not missing much. no no um but hey let's like i said let's talk about the one bright shining light on the roster and this is illustrative i think perfectly of what's gone wrong is that the only people who are getting over the people who are getting over in spite of what the company is trying to do for them and and the bright shining light is is becky lynch ireland's own the man who is just killing it over on smackdown and on twitter yeah and on twitter this is like a a whole run that started with a a heel turn as a SummerSlam, wasn't it yeah where they wanted her to be the big heel and charlotte to be the baby face and the crowd dug in and they dug in and tried to double down on her being a heel. And the more they got her to do despicable bad things, the more everyone loved her. And now she's ostensibly just Steve Austin. And it's 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 fabulous. And ah, it, uh, oh, it's just it's 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 a combination of two things. It's the fact that the the audience have just gone, no, we are not going to boo Becky Lynch because for a start, in the perspective of the storyline, she got fucked over. But there's also the other thing that they're trying to do it against Charlotte, who, as as uh, phenomenal a wrestler and an athlete she is, she's not a babyface, and the, no. they just <laughs> they fucked it. But they seem to have come to their senses. Um, although I do sit here waiting to see how they'll fuck this. So yeah, yeah. Um, Barry, this this whole thing. Um, like it was kind of I wouldn't say bubbling under the surface but it was kind of it was almost like people whispering going Becky Lynch has been pretty great since this heel turn and then this this build with Ronda Rousey happened and it just it just went to another level and and, and so often in wrestling it's it's um lightning in a bottle and it's it's things just sort of happening Sometimes on purpose and sometimes just uh, sort of on their own. And and the the the, the best example, of course, in this instance, was the uh, the old strain Nia Jax uh, whack to the to the gob of Becky Lynch, uh, uh, busting her up and 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 you know injuring her you know for a couple of weeks there, um, but producing what what felt like it instantly became a, an instant classic, uh, a visual in wrestling, uh, the likes of which we haven't had for quite a while. Um, uh, you know, in terms of just really memorable images that are burned in everyone's brain. I remember it's, waking. It's, up it's probably like one of the one of the like. I'm trying to think the last time I got that kind of goosebumps at a raw angle, and like it might be when, like, Brian turned on Bray Wyatt in the cage. There's there's that maybe uh, uh, Brock coming back. I always remember Brock kicking the hat after he laid out Cena. Yeah, uh, the Nexus. Uh, Things like that, yeah. Um, but it, it, it's like I remember more, so often these days. I'll, I get up pretty early for it, I mean, and, and just nobody's talking about RAW. The second it goes off air, everyone goes back to talking about whatever dumb shit the, the you know whatever the large cow of the week is. Uh, yeah. And this week it's just an actual large cow, uh, which I'm still <laughs> trying to process. But um, uh, you know, but I just woke up and everyone 
was just going crazy about Becky Lynch and gifts, and screen caps, and oh my god, this is the best thing I've ever seen. And I, people just going crazy for this, and it and it was again just wrestling, uh, uh, you know, um, success from adversity and and turning negatives into positives and shit going wrong but working itself out. You know that that gave us that not only gave us the visual, but it also took away the match, which in turn made the match bigger, which in turn made the stars bigger. Yeah, um, uh, it's it's just incredible. And now there's this there's this talk that it could be the main event of WrestleMania, which I think it absolutely could be. I think not only could it be, I think you don't even really have anything comparable to it. I'm not even no. sure what what you what you could put on last above it that wouldn't be a travesty. You know, you can have Undertaker out here embarrassing himself again. You know, yeah. no, you yeah, don't. No, un- unfortunately, don't have Roman like Roman, there's. That's, that's- Story, my God, that we, you know, we, we probably bears mentioning, but, but, um, yeah, it, the Becky thing, it was just incredible, and she, and it wasn't just all happenstance. I mean, she herself, she was just so coming into her own, and and, yeah. and really bringing the heat on on the microphone as well, and and, yeah. and the Twitter game was great. And uh, Ronda, Ronda is something of an albatross because now it kind of feels like it feels like they can't really turn her tweener as well because they they got Charlotte and Becky at the same time, so they can't have Ronda do it as well. Yeah. But it she is just this overwhelming force in the division, and everyone's very polarized and everyone's very yeah. opinionated one way or the other. She seems very popular, but she has a dissenting fan base and i yeah. i think it's great i think she i yeah. think performance she's top notch i think character wise she's galvanizing the audience the exact right way yeah. um and whether they intended it to come this way or not they have a lot of compelling directions heading into yeah. wrestlemania with the, women which is great yeah the, like the the absolute like open goal here is I, and I'm wondering if the the first part of it is happening at Survivor Series. As soon as I saw this morning that it's a three-way for the title, I was like, well, there's a way to get the belt off Becky without beating her so that she can win the Rumble and challenge Ronda. And that's the main event of WrestleMania. <laughs> it is the thing, because, yeah, there's that for a start. See, I would have done it. I would have just had her done a whole like 30 day can't compete so being stripped of the belt like do it in that kind of way where it feels unjust yeah. because obviously she was injured and then have her turn up in the rumble or even you know, they could have gone with have her turn up in the rumble as the champ um and then win the rumble and then like after rumble say i stripped myself of the belt or i i dropped the belt because i wanted to because i knew i could win the rumble to then challenge yeah. ronda yeah. um the, the, <laughs> you're doing an austin aries option c yeah yeah pretty much the issue they're gonna have with this is that the best way for this build to happen and because i completely agree that this could main event wrestlemania and not even a shoehorned oh yeah we're gonna have the woman main event look how awesome we are get us on espn it's like no this legit can or just organically feel like the main event of wrestlemania they yeah. do have to treat this to some degree like a kind of pure sports ufc build just have yeah uh becky continue this kind of borderline conor mcgregor shit talking type uh, spiel and then just have Ronda just be herself and and just you know continue to be this absolute like force in the vision tapping everyone out in two minutes and yeah. there's no fucking way they're going to do that between now and Mania and I, yeah. I worry that by the time we get to Mania where we are now with this aforementioned lightning in the bottle is just not going to be there anymore yeah uh, like 
it's it's just it, it it's one of those things like they've it it's really we have been so kind of mistreated as an audience that we see this golden opportunity it's so perfect it's so perfect that we almost don't want to say it out loud because as soon as they realize it they'll do it too soon or not at all um like that's my big fear is that they can't even hold off as long as the rumble um but it's it's just it, i i think if there's ever going to be a year where the women main event WrestleMania, this is the chance. Like Barry yeah. was saying, and the, the other issue is to... that they shoehorn Charlotte into it as well, make it a triple threat. Yeah, the 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 injuries, obviously, sadly to to Roman and the the, the kind of um, the the leukemia issue and best of luck to him hopefully he's well soon and back as soon as possible but he's not going to be back you've got the likes of i know they're not going to main event wrestlemania but like Sami Zayn is out for a long time um braun Strowman is out for a while um kevin owens i think it was touch and go to be back in time for mania season you know it's they're the the men's roster is kind of depleted at the moment and survivor series time is when you start putting stuff in motion and nothing is really standing out to me except that match and it may appear in hindsight that that like like you said that rogue punch from Nia Jax may be the best thing that ever happened to WrestleMania next year um but yeah ho- holy hell it's been, it's been a hell of a run from Becky and even in isolation look if it doesn't end the way we all wanted to at least we enjoyed it while it was here and I will never as long as I live forget that moment just this, even like Barry said as well it wasn't just the stuff that was happenstance even the, the cut back to the locker room and Rhonda is on the floor screaming in the arm bar and <laughs> Becky talking trash or what was she said like everyone's tough till the man comes around as she's being dragged <laughs> off her and then she comes out like she's going to fight the whole Raw roster. It's fucking... Oh, it was so good. Everything. And then, yeah, the, the blood just added to it. The the image, as you said, is iconic. The the t-shirts that are being made are brilliant. Um, and, yeah, she's just been absolutely killing it. And it's, it's amazing. And it would be quite something else if the first women's match to headline WrestleMania features uh, an Irish woman who had briefly retired, you know, uh, a few years ago. Like, she was completely checked out of the business, gave it one last shot, and look where the fuck she got. And how many years between NXT and the main roster were like, oh, they're completely misusing Becky. She never got that run with the the NXT belt. She was the first SmackDown Women's Champion. You thought, oh, here here we go. Then we had that kind of, it was. It felt like about a year where the, the running gimmick was Becky constantly being betrayed by her friends and beaten up. Yeah. Um, and now it feels like not only has she come into her own, but they've realized what a commodity they have. And Jesus, I hope they fucking <laughs> make the most of it. Make hay while the sun shines. Um, before we move on from WWE stuff, uh, I think maybe we should talk about two things that are kind of related. And the first is, how are we feeling about um, NXT in general? I, I remember around Mania time of year, uh, we were talking about the build to the, the WrestleMania weekend takeover, and we were like, oh, this this Champa Gargano feud is red hot. And yeah. it's still going. It's still, it's still going. And kind of the way I've been feeling about it kind of ebbs and flows. Sometimes I'm like, I just want it to be fucking over with. And then sometimes I think to myself, well, like all the matches 
in isolation until the storyline stuff comes in towards the finish all the matches have been fine and good and enjoyable and then like you know Johnny Gargano does the the Wiley Coyote run off a cliff in that one match or you know his the, the thing that's become the joke on on Twitter Gargano doing the why am I so violent faces yeah. as he goes to the dark side that is terrible but th- then again, like, you know, if if you ignore all that, him and Alistair Black, great match. Absolutely. Um, and then you've got Undisputed Era are now back to their their full set now that Bobby Fish is fit. Um, I wasn't wild on the, like, I enjoyed the, the War Games match. Wasn't close to my, my favorite match on the, on the show. Um, the women's division is still that strange thing where... Shayna is this great act and this great presence and sometimes has really great compelling matches, but I'm not as wild about her as maybe I should be for the way she's being pushed. Well, I'll throw it out to you. How, how are you feeling about NXT in, in general at the moment? Was there a Barry? I, I'm always very, I, you know, I'm always pretty tep- tepid on it. I don't watch week to week. I like to watch takeovers i feel like i get all i need to know from the from the video packages I, I find the weekly show a bit dry um but even with the takeovers yeah i i i pretty much immediately lost interest in the gargano stuff i thought that that first match was incredible i thought it was one of my favorite matches all year one of my favorite matches in company history i would say and then that second one i was just like they've you know gone to the well way too often on this and then the snippets i've seen of gargano since don't do it for me either um, so I, I, I'm pretty down on it, but I, I still enjoy the takeovers. They're still good bang for your buck. Uh, you know, still really entertaining shows. They always have hot crowds. Like the crowd loves NXT, and that's that's all that really matters. That's half the battle yeah. for me when it comes to watching a show. If the crowd's into it, that helps. Um, and I'm, you know, the the women's division is odd uh, because they're not showcasing nearly the volume of people yeah. that that Raw down are. But I'll be damned if Shayna Baszler and and Kyrie Zayn isn't one of my favorite feuds. Yeah. in wrestling right i mean god shana is incredible i mean she the, is that match top. at evolution was incredible the match the the fucking the, the draping Kyrie over the, the the ropes and holding her in the the fucking armbar or whatever what the kimura like was just what a visual that was like she absolutely gets it you know um Mark, how are you feeling about NXT in general? Yeah, I'm not as um, I'm not as down as some people seem to be. I do agree that the 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 Champa Gargano feud, uh, that last match in particular, uh, was a fan of the finish. Um, I think that uh, Champa as as champion has been has been great so far. Uh, I think he still retains that quality of just being an absolute bastard and does it very well. Um, I think they're in a good place. Obviously, the, the roster, the depth of the roster is insane, mm. um, and it's very hard for anyone on that roster to get too over overexposed. I guess um, the Gargano Champa feud is as close to that as possible because it has been, you know, the the, the core feud of the year, but of two years nearly. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, um, but like I I enjoy that show for what it is. It's it's a very still a very easy show to watch. Um, I don't need it to, to give me like standout matches every week. I just need mm. it to kind of build and progress towards the next takeover. And, you know, they always do, I feel, a good job of kind of peaking the fuse just at the right time for the takeovers. Yeah. And the simple fact is, like, there hasn't been a bad takeover show this year 
or last year or possibly or the year before ever other other than i think like one of the shows in 2016 was back at full sale was like okay um but you know you're always going to get a winner and, and part of that is just down to the the depth of the roster and um I will say, like, I've spent most of this year with Undisputed Era's theme song in my head, and um, <laughs> it's... It, it bops, doesn't it? It does right? bop. And, you know, I really realized that it, it it is, like, essentially just, yeah, all right, take the NWO theme and tweak it slightly. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I'm fine with that. And, yeah, I... Like, I, I love... I, I actually, even though the name is still dumb, um, I love... And the and don't forget the hand poses still And the dumb. hand poses. But I do love the fact that they took the time to paint some chairs with the logo during <laughs> War Games. Oh, yeah! Yeah, yeah! The best, the best uh, advancement in chair technology since Big Show's giant chair. Exactly. But, like, I mean, as you mentioned, you know, the best match of this year, bar none, is going to be from NXT. Um, and we've got the likes of Ricochet, who's come on to the scene and has applied himself very very well like i think he and nearly did, killed himself a couple of times a couple of times yeah but even like his very a, first spot yeah but even from like a, the promo aspects i think he's actually been pretty strong uh they've incorporated pete dunn a lot more uh, which is great um we had the fucking incredible uh, mustache mountain undisputed era feud which i actually think i would possibly put as the feud of the year because they didn't drag the fucking thing out um yeah. and all those matches were like four star and over so yeah i i think nxt is great um i i have no issues with it mm. um yeah i think just kind of to close it out here uh on that i, I think maybe it, i don't know if you'd agree barry just back on your point about the women's division like i wonder is it a case where there there are so many like the bianca belairs of the world like who are just waiting to get a bit more exposure on that and i wonder is it a case where they know it's probably time that Kyrie and Shayna moved on, but for m- many reasons, both with kind of what's happening on the main roster and the fact that kind of um, Jessamine Duke and Marina Shafir are only just starting now that they don't want to bring Shayna up, that it's kind of like they're almost in a holding pattern. And the knock-on effect of that is that there aren't people kind of coming up, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I, I think I think that's probably fair. Um they, uh, NXT definitely uh, start, starts to be, uh, you know, if you're a big superstar, you come in at the top like Matt Riddle, but, you know, you have your figures like Dakota Kai, who's a great worker, but they, they've they've eased her in as a lower kind of figure. She'll have her day, her, she'll rise up and have her day eventually, but not yet. And as you mentioned, you got people like Jasmine Duke, who's just just getting started. Uh, but hey, I'm, I'm fine with that. They've got a hell of a, a hell of a women's title program yeah. that we got at the moment so and so, so, so many of those women as well are in their early 20s still so there's not really a need to rush any of them except Shayna really who is she's in her late 30s isn't she yeah um, yeah about that so she's probably the only one who for the sake of time and you know her her body being able to hold up to a, a, a main roster schedule that you might want to hurry along in the next three to six months but other than that they time is on their side with a lot of the, the women's division in NXT. So that's that's good for them. One final point on WWE before we move on to things closer to home. Uh, and that is news that came through this week about the the changes in the, the renewals to the WWE NXT UK contracts. Um, this news kind of came out as PW Insider, I think, wasn't it? I think it started uh, WrestleTalk, which is still WrestleTalk. a website. Uh, which is still a website, indeed. Um, and it's kind of just rippled out more and more over the week. We're getting kind of more details. There's a 
a lot of speculation going on and we've had false dawns like this before where we thought one thing was happening it didn't turn out like that but certainly at the moment what what seems to be happening is that WWE are a bit skittish at the attendance numbers that they've had for the UK taping so far. They think that's because of the kind of ubiquity of a lot of their stars in promotions up and down the UK. So with the exception of the friendly promotions, i.e. Progress, ICW, uh, OTT, and uh, I don't know if I'm missing any there, Um those guys under NXT UK contract, once they re-sign over the, I think the renewals are taking place over the next couple of months. Once those people renew, they will no longer be allowed to appear outside those friendly promotions. And even within those friendly promotions, it seems like, and people are still trying to get complete clarity on this, they won't be able to appear on VOD even in the friendly promotions now. Now, the, the last point in particular, the VOD thing, was a thing the last time that people speculated on, and that didn't turn out to be the case after a while, because it, it didn't really enforce that. Um, but I suppose, throwing it out here, um, Mark, what are your thoughts on this? Um, it definitely, you know, it, it reeks of mid-1980s Vince McMahon, but at the same time, if you're in charge of the company and you're seeing the, the poor attendance at those UK tapings, you're probably drawing the same conclusions. Well, it's it's actually it's a twofold thing here. You have both that and also the announcement of Volta being signed. Uh, yeah, that's and, the one that hurt people. And not only that, like I can easily see Volta being someone who, and he's kind of said before, like he has no interest in in living in America. So, you know, he is someone that they can just put full force into this UK slash Europe expansion. Um, yeah, and considering the body of work he's had this year like he would be the person to to go with um i mean i don't think any of this is surprising um, no whether you are thrilled about this or happy about this and you know we, we've seen like uh wrestlers get tweeted at saying oh you've sold out to the corporate business and um you know this is killing the indies or whatever and I don't think you can make any grandiose statement. I think time will tell. There's obviously always going to be other wrestlers coming up, but um, you know this obviously hurts more than it helps. Um, the plus side of this is obviously is there's a ton of wrestlers who are uh, getting you know a stability uh, in terms of their finances that they would have never been able to get yeah. before. And you know I will never. Uh, I, I will never shout at anyone or, or cry or whatever or anyone for being able to get themselves in that kind of position, especially considering if you look at where, you know, British and or European wrestling was even, say, 10 years ago as compared to where it is now, it's completely insane. Like, it's actually staggering to see we're at this point where, you know, the WWE are not just coming over twice a year for their house show tours and their Raw and SmackDown tapings. They are investing and i would imagine heavily investing in terms of making a brand here in the uk and, and across europe and and that clearly shows that they see um stuff like world of sport and and uh just you know the money in the business is picking up here that there's a threat um and yeah you can liken it back to the the um, territories of the 80s and the early 90s and sure there there, there are some similarities there but um, I don't know it's it's going to happen I figured it would happen at some point um, 
it doesn't mean that you know I can't see these wrestlers. They're still going to be um, available to watch, and it does mean that there will be other wrestlers that will get opportunities in those in independence before and it's up to them to step up their game to, to make themselves noticed to make a name for themselves so there, there's pros and cons to it there certainly are some big cons to it um, and we'll see kind of how that coincides with likes with the likes of Walter and Pete Dunne whatever else in terms of you know will they appear on, on progress shows on the VOD uh, considering they're kind of affiliated partners I'd imagine so um, but I mean who the fuck knows like we could still see progress in ICW in like whatever tier payment system that WWE come up with at some point in time so it's it's all up in the air still uh, Barry how are you feeling about it I don't know. I I, uh, I don't know. I'm feeling pretty apprehensive. I, I I'm kind of wondering, you know, specifically ourselves as as you know OTT attendees. Like, if I'm mm-hmm. there, with the exception of Jordan, do I maybe try and just kind of distance myself from using too many of these guys? We did just have, uh, you know, Tyler and Trent pulled from a show last minute um, in November, um, you know, which was not fun. Um, but it's it's feels increasingly uh, uh, troubling. I mean, you know, the, the show itself, we mentioned earlier in passing that it, it was uh, coming out in two-episode chunks um, uh, and that it had been in the can for, for months. The reason, of course, it was in the can was because they were trying to get a TV deal, and then when RevPro got a TV deal, they said, okay, well, we're, we're coming out on the net- on our, just going on our own network then, I guess, the same week as, as RevPro started. You know, it, it's pretty transparent what the what the game is with, with their entire UK brand. But um, yeah, I mean, as we're recording this, it is at something of a crossroads. A lot of the wrestlers have come out and said, oh, it's not that big a deal. Everything's going to be fine. Um, I know Devlin has said that he will continue to work OTT. Uh, OTT has somehow you know been been quoted on some, some white lists, allegedly, that are in WWE, um, which is very odd considering their, their allegiances. But um, yeah, you know, it's, it's just, it does seem like it's just WWE... Uh, uh, getting their fingers in everyone's pies, so to speak, uh, and I I don't like it. But um, the actual effects of it on us as fans, I think, has as yet to properly be felt. Yeah, it's it's really tough to to parse like what what is conjecture, what is actually the policy. Like things are really yeah. kind of state secret at the moment. We kind of thought that'd be the end for Jordan, but then later that night, Jordan came out and said, no, I'm still an OTT. And then the argument becomes, well, if the, the VOD thing is true, is there really a point in keeping Jordan where he is with OTT if we can't put our biggest native star on the on-demand and kind of grow the business beyond our borders? It it. Like it, it is really difficult to to figure out what, like what is real, what is not, and and what should be done about it. But there is, as you kind of both said, like a crushing sense of inevitability to it all, which I I don't really like. It doesn't make me feel good when I think about it. It's just like all right, Jack, uh, often co-host of this very podcast, uh, was talking to me the other night, and he was like, he doesn't understand why people on Twitter are being so down about it. And I was like, well, if, like just with the reading the facts on the matter and reading people who kind of with far more knowledge and experience of the industry than me being just as if not more cynical about it it's hard not to be down and be thinking of the worst case scenario um but i i guess all we can do at this point is is just hope for the best that maybe this is another situation like last time where 
there's kind of these big scary threats coming out and then within a few months maybe the enforcement on that has relaxed or we we don't really know where this nxt uk project is going to end up my real ultimate concern is less about the decision that has just been made and more about kind of what's the next step they do do they start deciding that the likes that even the friendly promotions are starting to siphon kind of attendance away from them so do they not want the friendly promotions to book these guys anymore where does that leave the friendly promotions and then this franchising of nxt we've heard a lot of a performance center in germany opening up which may be part of the whole walter situation and does the the process of franchising nxt across the globe um really hobble independent wrestling and kind of is it a massive miscalculation that WWE think that the performance center are creating these guys and not the independent scene? And how is that stream of talent going to keep coming in if the bubble is burst on the independent boom? It's just, it, it hurts the head to think about. I, I think um, we'll maybe see more about um, where WWE's direction will be coming out of the the takeover blackpool show um i don't have tickets gone on for sale for that yet i'm not too sure no um, i don't think oh, so yeah, uh, blackpool event has sold out okay well oh. there we go so i guess that's good news then for them maybe they won't yeah. like stifle every other promotion um i don't know I, I it's cool that they're doing a takeover show um for the uk brand um and you know, it's not like they're half-arsing this. Um, you know, they have this show. Um, they are putting, and it's early days, but they are putting effort into the, the characters and whatnot. And we've got, you know, UK tag belts now. We've got a UK women's champion. And obviously we've got the United Kingdom championship. So it's not like they're just putting out this kind of half-arsed product. Um, because if that was the case, then a lot of the complaints are a lot more valid. But I... You know, I can't sit here and say that they're not putting effort into this and they're not utilizing um, the talent that they've brought on. Um, you know, if you look at, we'll go with just British Strong Style over the past two years, you know, um, sure they could do more, but as I said, you know, uh, Bate and Trent have had what I think is the feud of the year in NXT. Uh, Dunn and Bate had the match of the year last year in NXT, and, you know, those two are still. 22 24 around there uh, uh, respectively so i yeah i can't hear and say they're signing up all this talent and then doing nothing with them um so i think that's a key thing to keep in mind yeah um i think we'll get away from wwe now and talk about the stuff close to home and i want to kind of have a little segment on the show here where we talk a bit about ott our home promotion uh something that myself and barry regular attendees of mark you're starting to come back into the fold uh with the the ott shows now and um how starting with you barry um how have you felt about now that we're kind of closing in on the last ott show of the year it's it's been an absolutely stellar year for the company in terms of match quality hasn't it it really has, yeah. I mean, they've they've um, they've had a great year. They've put on, like, on paper, just these absolutely bonkers cards with 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 international dream matches uh, that have played out fantastically in execution. But I, I think also the 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 big uh, the big triumph of the year is is the tour de force of the of the Irish talent um, uh, in the promotion. I mean, they have taken 
their time doing it, and I think it, it's paid off. I think they now have several names that are uh, uh, fixtures of the shows already, uh, and and it's it's uh, it's been reflected in great cards, but also cards that feel distinctly OTT. You know, uh, more than hyper. Obviously, the the top example, LJ Cleary, Nathan Martin, Darren Carney, they have really carved themselves out a niche as one of the hottest young acts on the European scene altogether. And of course, the place you're seeing them first and foremost is in OTT. Um, and we've also just seen more and more international uh, superstars come our way from Minoru Suzuki and Tim Thatcher, uh, uh, you know, uh, Tetsuya Naito, uh, uh, David Starr, you know, becoming a, something of a regular, uh, just all kinds of just incredible names. Um, uh, Team White Wolf, you know, just and, and great. I mean, I was thinking about you know my favorite matches of the year, and it's it's getting to you know year end award season and all this other stuff. And I was like, I, I probably won't. There's been so much great stuff from other promotions, but I was like, I could easily make a happily make a top ten list yeah. uh, just of DT matches. I mean, the caliber has been that high. Yeah, uh, I, I think yeah. like three or four of mine for Voices of Wrestling last year were OTT matches, and I had to cut down so that it wouldn't seem like just almost all OTT matches. And I think this year would be even harder to get a top 10 list that isn't overwhelmingly OTT. And I know we have kind of hometown, home promotion bias in that regard, but it has been just that good, hasn't it? It really has. And, and, and you know, uh, holding it all together then has been, you know, I think the promotions overall, you know, piece the resistance at the very top, which is the Devlin Walter oh, feud, um, yeah. which has just been, I mean, spectacular literally from moment one. I mean, they have not, I don't know of any angles anywhere in the world that have been as satisfying to watch unfold as this one. Uh, yeah. From 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 the first match when when Walter came in the, the the conquering terrifying monster who who ruled all over every every other territory prior Ireland he, he he ran you know he taps the champion in a non-title match straight away they cut some great promos on each other they have the singles match the Walter wins that one as well in in a, you know an absolutely incredible match uh, and then they have the uh, uh, the tag match with Star and obviously I'm, I'm you know, Peyton broad strokes here. The minutia of the story has been incredible. Star's role as the uh, as the the manager slash supporter of of Jordan, who isn't just there because he's friends with Jordan. He's the world's most gotten to man by the fact that he can't beat Walter in any capacity in any promotion in the world. Uh, you know, Thatcher's role as as Walter's plus one. You've got the the Devlin Osprey stuff bubbling up underneath the. Uh, uh, the surface of it all. I mean, it's been, it's been tremendous, and the 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 Walter Devlin matches is something that I, I adored experiencing live. I felt thankful that I got to experience it live, and it's something mm -hmm. that I've watched. I think maybe five or six times on VOD. After yeah. fact, it, it's just been like you alluded to. It's just been. I, I keep harping on this. It's the perfect feud. They have not put a foot wrong. Uh, I tweeted this out after the last after the. The, the tag match last month that it, it, we will be talking about this Walter run in OTT for years and years to come. It, it has just been that good. The matches have consistently been that good. Every single little hint of story in it, every, every move has been perfect. And it's one of those rare angles where uh, 
for that tag match, originally Osprey was in the place of, of David Starr. And unfortunately, Will Osprey got injured. He cracked a couple of ribs and he he couldn't take part in the match. And in hindsight, as good and as unique and as great and one of the best of his generation as Will Ospreay is, having David Starr in there and what they did with him in that match made that match better. And the, the incredible pivot at short notice to be able to do that and keep all the, the wheels on the track here with this, with this run ha- has been incredible. Um, I, I just, I, I love it so much. Walter as just the independent wrestling's final boss is perfect. The one of the, the underrated aspects um, of this view that I've really loved is the, during the, Jordan Walter match having Thatcher and Starr as corner men and the, yeah. watching the two of them live and die with what their man was doing in the ring. Um, the promo packages that have been put together by the Crooked Gentleman, I bear mentioning uh, as like just uh, for video packages for matches on the indie scene, I, I don't think anything can touch the ones they've been doing uh, for this feud. Certainly not at the moment. Um, like I know Progress used to do great ones like when, when Havoc was on top as the, the champ and the, the, the kind of monster heel in the promotion. But in 2018, I don't think I've seen consistently better video packages coming out of an independent company. Um, that first one for the Walter Devlin match gives me fucking chills still to this day. And like I nearly destroyed my throat screaming when they played it live right before the match. Um, the another moment that like the, that moment the the, the sit down interview with devlin who as well like as we, we all knew from 2017 we, we we talked about how devlin was kind of you could put his run in 2017 late 2016 through 2017 against anybody on the scene and it would measure up but something that's come along a lot this year is his storytelling and his promos and that sit down interview he did with engo that was kind of put into the the, the package for the tag match where he he he's asked does he have any message for walter and he talks about the moment in the match where he punched him and walter saw fear and felt that he knew he could be hurt and he looks straight down the barrel of the camera and says you're only a man you can be beaten is one of the legitimately i i felt like a child again i was just screaming like i just completely oh fuck it was so good it's so good um it's just been the perfect and hopefully now with all this kind of we, we already talked about so I won't get into it again with the, the UK situation and Walter being signed that hopefully we get to see out this story in uh, the way that befits how, how great it's been so far and I suspect we probably will because I, I think it, it seems that the Walter thing was such an open secret all summer long that I, I think Walter knew when he was going to be going and I don't think he seems like the kind of guy that wouldn't have started something like this during the summer if he didn't know he was going to be around to finish it. Um, so hopefully, you know, touch wood that, that we'll get to to see that feud out. But Mark, as, as someone who you kind of you went to a few shows in 2016 and now you're kind of you're coming back to some more. You'd, you'd done a couple of stadium shows in the interim, and now you're kind of you've been to the last two straight, and and possibly more to come, hopefully, because we enjoy having you at the shows. Um, have have you noticed the difference between 2016 OTT when people were still kind of 
there there was that element of complaining about how it's kind of the imports, the the locals are the comedy acts, and then not being pushed as much, and and the the OTT product we have now. Yeah, I've definitely noticed there is um, there's a little bit more emphasis on uh, getting some of the homegrown talent <clears throat> into a position yeah. where um, they can be kind of prominent acts on the show. Um, I think part of that is by design, and part of that is just by kind of sheer force of hand because of um, external factors. <clears throat> but you know they've been proactive about it, and certainly um, on the last show that I went to, um, seeing the likes of More Than Hype, um, who I enjoyed, um, seeing who I really think now at this point is probably my favourite wrestler in the entire world in Angel Cruz. Uh, <laughs> him and Jimmy Havoc having a death match, and um, I'm looking forward to their life match some sometime down <laughs> in the future. Uh, yeah, it's. I still don't have, to a certain degree, the um, I don't know the the kind of emotional and sentimental value in the way that I had because you know I went to like a lot of the early progress shows. Yeah, um, so you were I, going when they were still in the garage. Weren't oh yeah, you? I was from like the second show onwards. I was there up until I I left uh, the country in 2015. So, you know that pro- progress will always have a, a very kind of sentimental place for me. Um, uh, but thankfully, they don't play "God Save the Queen" before the start of every show. So you know. <laughs> um, but no, I've been I've been enjoying the OTT shows. Um, they are still doing kind of bringing in imports. Um, but I, I, you know, there's nothing wrong with that as, as a business model. There's absolutely nothing wrong with bringing in the likes of fucking Tetsuya Naito or fucking Masato Tanaka for the show on the second yeah. of December. Like, it's what, fucking it's, wild, it's man. It's like sure, all right then. Um, so you know, they they clearly have a plan in place. Um, the crowd's always hot, um, and you know everything you've said about the the Volta and Devlin feud has been excellent and as even for me who's someone that didn't find Devlin to be a particularly compelling wrestler um you know that has changed this year um and you know the the kind of real first impressions that I got from him from the original UK tournament have been completely washed over now so yeah, yeah OTT it's good now I will say I will argue for kind of uh, promotional video for the year what comes a very if just a very close second behind it was the Eddie Dennis, Mark Andrews um, yeah. video for the Wembley show. If only mm-hmm. for the line where Eddie Dennis says, and you used pro wrestling to get that shitty band of yours over. Because I've not <laughs> popped for a line harder than that. Because the truth behind it is it burns. It burns so brightly. Uh, it's just a shame that match was kind of terrible. L- looking ahead to 2019, uh, we could grouse on about the UK contract stuff and the, the, the notoriously publicized venue issues OGT are having. But Barry, in, in terms of the, the talent coming up, uh, I, the future is very bright uh, for OTT with the, the locals coming through. Uh, I, I, and this year, I, the, the kind of the rise of the, the more than hype lads of Scotty Davis and particularly towards the end of the year of our new women's champ, Raven Creed, has just filled me with a joy and also a deep sadness because all these people are considerably younger than I am. And... Hey. They are outrageously good and confident performers for their age and will be it feels appropriate that we're going to kind of close out the year uh, watching a main event on a, a, a proper um, a proper slugfest. I'm sure it will be of Raven Creed defender title against one of one of the hottest female acts of the independent scene in Jordan Grace. Uh, how are you feeling about the, the, the emerging talent coming into 
2019 because I'm I'm pretty high on it. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you mentioned Raven Creed. I mean, I thought I think she's had a great year. Um, uh, got, got to see her in in Cork and Limerick as well. Is here really really. Uh, you know, she does well in front of that kind of hometown crowd. But um, Defiant 2, their second... Uh, oh. I mean, that was a hell of a show. It that... really was from, from top to bottom. And that main event with, with Raven winning yeah. the title against Sammy Jane. Honest, honestly, it wasn't a sold-out Tivoli. But, and, and Barry, you will verify this for me. The pop for Raven Creed winning the belt is one of the fucking loudest pops I have ever been in attendance for at the Tivoli or fucking anywhere for that matter. Yeah, absolutely. It was it was crazy. It was crazy. It was a megastar reaction. Um so yeah, uh, better and brighter things from all those uh, all those guys in in 2019. I'm really happy to see um and fair play to the the the, the king of European pro wrestling, Joe Cabray, for kind of uh, listening to people who were great, who were complaining in 2016 about how it was all imports and no locals. Uh, and it was a thing where it was more the fact that it was imports coming in and wrestling other imports. And when they were wrestling locals, it was kind of the locals were a bit of a joke. Uh, and he has he has taken that criticism and he has very much adjusted the product to something that really benefits the scene, benefits him long term when all these the top strata of indie talent is constantly getting pulled away, that he has this reliable group of fucking teenagers yeah. that he can push high up who are absolutely credible, like Raven Creed, an eminently credible women's champion already. When the more than hype lads finally get the tag belts, people will be absolutely going along with it. And obviously, you know, what else can you say about Jordan Devlin and how amazing he's been? Um, but yeah, that's 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 your lot for OTT on the show. We'll uh, round out with just um, uh, a couple of bits here. I, I want to do kind of a, two rounds around the panel here. Um, and the the first thing I want to ask about is kind of stuff you apart from the stuff we just discussed, anything you've been watching lately. Want to throw a spotlight on, and then the the second, um, the second question will be if you were to pick now, gun to your head, your match of the year and wrestler of the year. So we'll start off with: Is there any other business, anything you've been watching lately that you want to talk about? Uh, and we'll go to Mark because I think Mark has uh, Mark's New Japan corner. Yeah, so New Japan's been interesting this year. Um, I'll say. We've had... What do we say about Chris Jericho? It's... It's fucking weird, man. It's a fucking weird year for that dude. (laughs) (laughs) Like, he had the fucking whole cruise thing. um, And I guess what we'll actually do is we'll just kind of talk a little bit about kind of Wrestle Kingdom 13 coming up. Um, Because we could talk all year. I think that the, the, the most prominent thing out of this year actually is um, Hiromu Takahashi because uh, that's just oh, man like superstar isn't even one of my genuine favorite wrestlers in the world like I'm a guy who Mark will attest to um, I, I was a late relative latecomer to Japanese wrestling I kind of still dip only in and out of big shows or if I hear something is worth watching. But Hiromu was the guy who, independent of recommendations, I was going out of my way to watch his stuff. I just fucking, what a captivating guy and what a sad story. Yeah, like Shibata last year and then Takahashi this year is a real, like, that sucks. That really, really sucks. And, you know, there's no, there's literally just no timeline and if he'll come back. Um, And he was, you know, on his way to having a hell of a year and, uh, but that's, that's wrestling. It ain't no ballet. Um... 
But yeah, so the Wrestle Kingdom 13 show. So you've got Jericho and Naito, which everyone keeps talking about Naito as in, you know, it'll be 2020, they'll do him and Okada in the Dome because it's on a Saturday or something, which, fine, but, you know, New Japan as a business has not been affected this year. You know, they're still going from strength to strength. And I'm not going to sit here and say that not putting the belt on him was the, the right or wrong decision at the Dome. But he's definitely had... A very he feels a lot cooler than he was, you know, at this time last year going into the dome, whether that's by design or not. We'll see, you know, how that goes coming into next year. Um, but it does feel like it does feel like the intercontinental belt is beneath him at this point. You know, he had his redemption story with that belt, um, so that feels a little bit out of place. And Jericho with his weird fucking dad rock goth crow gimmick thing, whatever the fuck that is. I'm not totally against it because, I mean, in terms of his actual work rate, he's only had, what, three matches in the company. He's worked hard in all of them, and I've enjoyed all of them. And he's, you know, like, I expect him and Aito will have a great match at the Dome. So, sure. But, I don't know. It feels a little bit off. Um, Jay White and Okada, I think, has actually been the best built uh, feud for, for the Dome. Um, I actually think that... Considering where Jay White was at the, the start of the year is this weird knife pervert type character. Um, yeah. He's actually gone... Like, for someone who I didn't think was particularly charismatic or particularly, like, strong in terms of a promo, he's come along really well. Like, I think he's actually one of the most improved wrestlers in that particular area over the year. Um, and I think, considering this is, like, the first year where Okada has either not been involved with the belt or not been involved with Tanahashi, was it, actually, no, just not involved with the belt, like in the main event. This, I think, is actually the most compelling thing they could have done with him. Uh, and I actually think that this is going to be really interesting to see what they do with this, whether they use Okada as he is to, to put White over, considering I imagine he'll have the belt at some point later in the year to set up him and Naito. Um... Ishii and Zack Sabre Jr. for the British Heavyweight Championship. So Andy Quilden must be delighted with himself that the belt is being, <laughs> uh, being uh, represented on the card. And I imagine that match will be great because they, those two are great in general. Um, and then we were talking about this a little bit before we started the show. So Kenny Omega and Hiroshi Tanahashi, your main event for the IWGP Heavyweight Championship. Uh, a match they haven't done too many times. Um... Dave, you said you're pretty cold knit. The whole Twitter beef thing isn't doing it for you. It's it's such an off-putting factor to it. Um, I just I I just can't. It really just. Ugh. It, it seems like Omega's run as champ overall has has had a, a, a diminishing effect on him um, in a number of ways. Like people, I don't know. It's. Before he had the belt, he was the biggest thing in wrestling, and he still is, you know, one of the biggest independent wrestlers in wrestling. But it, there is something about, and I, we, you know, we are coming off of the G One, and um, New Japan is always cold between the end of the G One until uh, the Dome, so you wouldn't expect him to be the most prominent figure on 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 the cards. But he does feel a bit cold, and this feud does feel a bit cold. But I mean, I can't imagine this thing is anything less than four and a half stars. So, I, I feel like, however I feel about the match going in, it's not going to matter once the match actually starts. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that's it. I mean, it's... Uh, they've had a great year. Um, but certainly, com coming off of the last couple of years, at some point you have to have that kind of slight dip. Um, and considering the, the lofty heights we've come from, that slight dip can feel 
like a massive drop off, um, and that's that's going to happen when you've had the, the the last couple of years that they've had. So, yeah, that's New yeah. Japan. Uh, Barry, is there anything apart from what we've already talked about that you're kind of watching that you want to kind of do a mensch of before we wrap things up? Uh, I'm doing I'm doing a lot of uh, odds and ends currently. I, 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 there's really not a lot other than OTT and WXW, which I'm very far behind. I, I, I really need I really need to do a big time binge on that. Um, there's not really a lot I'm consistently following. I'm I'm uh, dipping in and out of a lot of places. Progress ain't really doing it for me these days, but they yeah. they still have a number of bangers on a semi regular basis. So I'm checking in with them. Uh, the Thatcher Walter match from earlier this year was God. It was a fucking war. It was great. Uh, Walter Zack Saber Jr. from a few weeks ago. That's near the top of my match of the year. Uh, uh, I, I think it might be top of Jack's as well. He they, I, if I, I, I recommend if you I, watching yeah, that match. <laughs> yeah, it's it's incredible. If I hadn't experienced the Walter Devlin story unfold, and it wasn't like. The, the story that, that I felt invested in really and truly as a fan, I, I, I don't know that Saber and Walter wouldn't be my number one. I mean, it's it's a fucking... And it's it's it's, it's an excellent Walter match that's completely different as to the uh, excellent Devlin match. Because what I like about the Devlin match is that it's very restrained. It's not, it's not um, you know, Walter kicks out of the package pile driver. They don't even do the package pile driver. There's, there's lots of little things to that that they leave up their sleeve, that they leave on the table for the next match. The Sabre-Walter match feels, as it should, like these guys who've wrestled each other quite a bit at this stage in a couple of different promotions, and they know each other very well, and they, have, they both have answers for each other, and it irritates them both equally. Um, that the other man is, is, is able to, to answer them at every turn, and it, and it just evolves into an absolute fight and a war. Um, uh, so, so that match comes highly recommended. I've been watching it. Mm-hmm. I started, you know, um, I got a high spots subscription. I, I watched a bit of bar wrestling, which is not uh, any kind of go out of your way to see thing, but it's a nice little um, uh, tasting. Uh, platter of of what's going on in in the uh, in the states these days. You got your you know, Luchasaurus, your Marco Stunt, your MJF. You, you know, it's got it's got a little bit of everyone who's who's on the up and up on that scene there. Yeah. Uh, I'm watching some Riptide wrestling, which is very near the top of my um uh, my bucket list of places to go in 2019. And as far as uh, wrestling aesthetics go, it's it's top notch. Uh, Look, looks tremendous on, on VOD. There's some stuff on the OTT VOD service if anyone wants to try it out. Great stuff, but also a, a really great roster. Um, uh, very light on imports, but 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 they uh, use them very well. You know, the occasional Mike Bailey appearance and, and, and things like that. Um, uh, so I, I would recommend checking them out. I want to go there. And also uh, uh, checking out very occasionally uh, bits of, of uh, White Wolf as well in, the, uh, uh, in Spain. The, the uh, A Kid Zack Saber Junior match, the incredible A Kid Zack Saber Junior match, which was which was top notch. Um, uh, you know they're they're really great. Some of the rowdiest crowds anywhere in the world, just just really tremendous stuff. Uh, uh, and our team White Wolf, of course, have been in you know, OTT as well and are very entertaining. Um, yeah, so just kind of bouncing around all over. There is a lot of great wrestling out there. Uh, Kale Surprise. Um, uh, but yeah, uh, little bits and pieces, but not not really following other than OTT, not following a whole lot of promotions, kind of uh, show to show these days. 
Um, so for me, uh, and this kind of only came over, well, it's something I've been meaning to do for the last little while. Um, and kind of a recommendation from our friend Jamesy is what kind of put me over the edge with it. Uh, but I kind of have started delving into the library of uh, Beyond Wrestling. We're kind of based out of New England there um, in America. And specifically to have a look at the the heel work of one Mr. David Starr, who has been for the last two years, probably one of, if not my consistently favorite wrestlers uh, I, I see live on at least a semi-regular basis. Um, and a guy who has been kind of the discourse about him has, has kind of come up again about him lately. There was an Indie Corner podcast I listened to where they, they spoke a lot of sense about it because there is that kind of undercurrent of, of people who, for, for whatever kind of myriad reasons, have taken a kind of personal dislike to the, the man himself. But I, I'm kind of always been of that kind of mindset that if someone hasn't like legitimately committed a fucking crime or some shit, I don't care once like they're once their, their matches are bangers and this guy like has delivered in every different kind of I saw him in a like just a vicious borderline death match blood feud match with uh Jern Simmons at Tag League this year I've seen him in tag matches comedy matches singles matches death matches all sorts of good stuff and he's just knocked it out of the park and everyone so I said I'm gonna kind of people say that his beyond his stuff and beyond is some of his best work so jamesy was talking about a match on twitter last night that he had recently with orange cassidy who's someone else i haven't seen enough of and uh holy hell guys this is a match i will thoroughly recommend to both of you to check out it's from um their most recent show that went up on powerbomb tv i got myself the free trial to check it out uh and this is one of the best kind of uh bully versus resilient babyface matches you will see uh anywhere this year the the storytelling that goes into it uh is fantastic star just beating on orange cassidy he's the kind of like big shithead heel and beyond who calls himself the ace of beyond um and he is just like mercilessly beating this man and every time he just rallies a little bit more the crowd are at fever pitch and there's a couple of spots where he turns the table on star and the crowd erupts by the end of this match i was there was a couple of there's particularly an ankle lock spot that had me up out of my fucking chair in the middle of the night watching this on my tablet it was that good uh, an absolutely fabulous match i went from there to to rewatch i had seen uh, his uh, stars match with with nick gage uh, not one for the faint hearted as you might imagine um nor is the the other match i finished off my night with before i decided i might see my dinner again if i watched much more uh, and that was uh, david star Joey Janela from American Rana 18 in a no ropes barbed wire match. Now, I'm not a guy who's like hugely into my kind of deathmatch style wrestling, uh, but this match absolutely had me um, both kind of because Joey Janela is just this incredible ball of charisma. You can't not look at every little thing he does. He's a real fascinating presence in the ring, and obviously, Star is brilliant and this match is just it's so fucking brutal it's so brutal mark i don't mark have you seen this match i have not no and have you you haven't seen this match barry either have you or have you pardon me sorry 
Have you seen this match? This the, the Janela star. Oh no, no, I haven't seen the Janela star, and I haven't seen yeah. the star Orange Cassidy. I'm okay. thinking I I don't have any more. I don't have a free trial anymore. I already used it. I may need to just buy a month of of Power Bomb yeah. and uh, jump into these these Jamesy recommended matches because I trust Jamesy. Yeah. Uh, this- this match, like this match, was so brutal that by the end of it, the commentary team uh, is Nick Gage and Matt Tremont. They're on commentary, and by the end of it, even those horribly violent men are impressed with what they've seen. Yeah, <laughs> like even they're like at the start, they're just kind of like you know they're they're doing their their shtick. Uh, the two of them, you know. Oh, he's the MDK shit like that, like just the usual Nick Gage stuff. But by the end of it, he's just like, yeah, yo, these two guys are legit. <laughs> They're like, they go to unnecessary lengths uh, to just brutalize each other. There's one simple, like simple little moment with Joey Janela getting caught up in a bit of barbed wire. That's genuinely one of the most gruesome things I've seen in a long while in a wrestling ring. Um, Penelope Ford, as she often does in Joey Janela matches, just an absolute warrior as well, goes somersaults into a board full of barbed wire at one point and has to be cut out of it. God bless her. She did not fucking have to do that. And just the the match, after the match, I I won't spoil the finish. There's some excellent stuff building up to the finish, but after the match and after all is said and done, um, just... David Starr continuing the storytelling of being the dickhead. He is kind of, I, I described this in the in the chat earlier on, where he's just laid out across a couple of chairs, barely breathing, drenched in blood, and cuts the smuggest promo I've heard in a long, long while. Um, so I'm I'm fully in on uh, Beyond at the moment. I'm going to start actually watching full shows rather than just uh, picking and choosing matches now because there's like I get to see a bit more Nick Gage from time to time. Eddie Kingston does commentary, which is an, an absolute oh, that's nice. worth your subscription price alone. Um, I think his opening line in the the Orange Cassidy match had something to do with it. MJF is a terrible person. That's why his arm got broken because God got back to him. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's just Eddie Kingston. He's gonna say what Eddie Kingston wants to say. Um, so yeah, there's lots of stuff. Gresham, John Gresham, who's a guy who's really kind of broken through to that next level this year, uh, shows up in Beyond as well. So it seems like it's it's really worth your sub just for Beyond. And then obviously there's so many promotions that are on that Powerbomb TV as well that I'll probably kind of dip in and out of over my trial. But yeah, that's that's the end of my recommendations I, anyway. I will make one slight segue and uh, mention uh, another David who was in a death match recently. Um, I, if you've not oh, seen it, I, uh, I, I I'm not sure if I can recommend it. Oh but, no! But yeah, I watched the David Arquette Nick Gage match, where he tries to shoot on him. It's it's one of the more fascinating matches I've seen this year. Um, I don't know if that should come with a recommendation, but um, <laughs> yeah, that happened. And um, fair play to David because he came out and he, you know, like. This kind of made headline news, and uh, it was uh, on its way to kind of portraying wrestling in the usual negative light that it's in. But he kind of came out and he said, no, look, look, these are professionals, and I was over my head here. And uh, yeah, that just David Arquette and Light Tubes is... um, David Arquette's been such a trooper in 2018 that it makes me feel bad for how mad I was at him in 2000. (laughs) 
Well, I mean, we kind of know that that wasn't necessarily his fault, yeah. but mm-hmm. uh, yeah, David Arquette in a death match. I mean, fucking life. What is it? Oh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, to to finish off the grapple here because we've been we've been going on quite a while. Uh, I'm just gonna go quickly round here. Um, like I said, gun to your head. Uh, match of the year, wrestler of the year, uh, Mark. Um, I if, if you had to pick now, like this isn't we're we're not gonna this isn't gonna come up as Exhibit A in no, your no, trial no, 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 in no. the new year. I, I went back and I watched it the other day just to confirm, and as of now, still Gargano Almas is still um though that that Volta Zack Saber Junior match is a close second, but I'm, I'm gonna give it to Gargano and and uh, uh, Almas unless anyone kind of has anything else they think I absolutely should watch that I haven't yet. So yeah, uh, um, and, oh, and wrestler for the year. Um, probably just on the body of work. I'll go with Volta. Uh, I would say match of the year. I would definitely agree if I was just talking about the Fed that it would be Gargano and Almas. I fucking love that match so much. I must have watched that match ten or twelve times by now. Um, it's just kind of the stick on banger of a match to uh, cheer me up, uh, kind of thing. Loved it. Uh, but for my to overall match of the year walter and devlin i can't it was a it it was a borderline religious experience it was one of the most special things i've ever experienced live uh people around me were fucking emotional by the the end of it it was so fucking we was one of those moments where you genuinely knew you you had seen something really really special and so that is absolutely my match of the year hands down and wrestler of the year related to that wrestler of the year falter it's not even fucking close for me (laughs) uh barry yeah i have i have to echo what you just said for both match and wrestler i i i feel the same way about that devlin match and uh, i mean walter's body of work is just indisputable this year it really is so you heard yeah. it here first officially confirmed Walter is your professional wrestler of the year you don't need to go to the observer you don't need voice of wrestling get the hot hottest takes right here on the link to the absolutely network. <laughs> our podcasting network okay that's that that's gonna do it for for our our latest grab up we'll hopefully be back in the new year we'll, we will aim to be back around rumble time we'll see how that fucking goes because we were supposed to do a, a wrestlemania wrap-up show and you see how that went uh but anyway i had tremendous fun talking to you guys uh thanks mark thanks barry for being on yet again uh it was good fun uh we shall see you all in the new year thanks for tuning in and we shall yeah see you in the new year <laughs>